Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Daybreak, the best place for you to get your weekly news and opinions. I'm your host, Pippa Schrader, and today we'll learn some listeners' favorite things to draw, and interview Emily Bosley, an artist, and learn more about her occupation. Also, after the announcement break, a news tidbit on a Russian opera house, and how they're taking the coronavirus one audience member in the theater at a time. Now, let's get on with the show. Last week, at the end of the show, I talked about a poll people could take to have their favorite thing to draw broadcasted on this episode. And here are some listener responses that may inspire you to create a work of art of your own. Chloe M. likes to draw people the most. Well, Elle likes to draw bananas. Chandrama, who lives in Madison, Wisconsin, says that she sort of likes to draw places even if she thinks she's bad at it. I like how Chandrama accepts that she may not be the best at drawing places, but she still loves art. Sion also says that she likes to draw simple objects for fun. Now that we've heard some young artists, it's time to interview professional artist and sometimes designer Emily Balsley. Hi, Emily! Hi, Pippa! So, Emily, what first inspired you to become an artist? to be an artist since I was a little girl. My mom was actually an artist, and she was going to college when I was growing up, and so she always had, like, her fancy art books and all of her fancy art supplies, and so I was always looking at them, and, oh, I just, I wanted to be an artist so bad, and so I was drawing a lot and coloring and doing coloring contests and stuff growing up, and so, honestly, as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be an artist. Wow. Is there any other family members you have that were artists or were into art? Um, no, it was, mo- yeah, it was mostly my mom. I'm trying to think. My grandma used to do, like, crochet and knitting and stuff like that, which I guess is an art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, working with her hands. Um, but I would say definitely my mom was the biggest influence. Cool. So, as an artist, what is your favorite thing to draw? anthropomorphic means. It's kind of a long, fancy word. It essentially means making something that's not human look more human-like, and so I love to do that with animals. So a lot of my animals aren't necessarily on four legs like they would typically be in the wild. They're normally, for me, when I draw them, they're standing upright on two legs, and a lot of times they're wearing clothing or hats or wearing glasses, so they look a little bit more human-like. So I just, I love making animals look more like human and giving them more um, like human-like characteristics and have them do uh, like human activities and stuff like that. Yeah, so I heard that you did like a 100 houses challenge and I think, was it like birds with hats or animals with hats challenge? What was that like? And... Yep, it was animals with hats. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Well, um, one of the reasons I like doing those 100 day projects is because it really forces me to um, work on one thing over and over. Like, I'm a big believer in um, practicing and putting in the hours to become um, really, really good at your craft. And so for me, it's drawing and art, but, I mean, this could apply to things like if you play a musical instrument or you're in sports, like, just putting in that practice, putting in those hours. And so um, doing these 100-day projects means I'm doing the same thing for 100 days in a row, and sometimes it gets off to kind of a rough start, because <laughs> um, a lot of times I actually like to um, explore 
a medium that I don't necessarily use a lot or uh, maybe a, a theme that I don't necessarily draw often. Um, so sometimes, like I said, it starts out a little bit rough, but then it gets better and better the longer I do it. And 100 days doesn't seem like a lot, but it's, you know, it's like, what, three, three plus months. And so um, by the end of that, I can definitely see a lot of improvement, which is really fun for me. And it's also a good challenge just to do something every day for that amount of time. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoy that. And there's actually a new 100-day project coming up uh, Ooh. in a couple weeks, actually. So I'm still considering whether I want to do that or Is not. it like 100 things to do in quarantine, or is it? <laughs> I know, right? That could definitely be a, a good topic. You can really do whatever you want. This is like a social media challenge. And so people on Instagram, um, they can follow the hashtag 100 day project. And you can come up with whatever project you want. For me, it's been art, but people can do yoga for 100 days or take photos for 100 days. So, um, yeah, it's just for me, it's just another thing that I have to squeeze into my already kind of busy schedule. So that's why I'm still on the fence if I want to do it or not. <laughs> yeah. For your schedule, is it busy because you're doing, like, stuff for clients, or is it busy because you're just, of course, you have an awesome daughter named Stella that I know, and are you hanging out with Stella, or is it, yeah, that's it. sort of like elaborating on that what are some other things that have sort of changed about your job because of or because of coronavirus oh that's a good question my schedule has kind of shifted mm-hmm. um, normally uh when Stella was in school and, and my husband was at work I could start working pretty much after they all left the house sometimes I would do an exercise or something in the morning but um for the most part I could start pretty early in the morning and then go until Stella got home from school and even then sometimes I would go even longer and so now with everyone home our schedule is a little bit different um I've been actually having a morning like we call it drawing club where uh some of my friends some artist friends here in Madison we all go on zoom and we do like a virtual art club and so we can see each other and we're all working on our own art at our own houses but we're just talking about how things are going and how we're feeling during the quarantine. Um, and so generally that, that conversation has been a couple hours. And sometimes Stella um, hangs out with us and she participates and sometimes she doesn't. Um, but that's a couple hours in the morning. And then that kind of pushes all the red work stuff into the afternoon. So now I've been doing most of my work in the afternoon and doing more of the family and friend time in the morning. Yeah, so... Um, I'm just wondering, do you have any, like, particular particular medium of art that you work in? Is there, like, a special sort of thing that you really like to come back to that you use for your art? Well, I, I would say my favorite medium to work in right now is uh, their paint pens. They're called Pasta Pens. Pasta is the brand. They're Japanese pens, and they actually have um, paint inside, and 
and so they're kind of like a marker but it, it flows more like paint when like it paints paper. yeah and so yeah they're really fun and i love using them just because they come out really um opaque and so you know sometimes when you draw with markers you can see all of the lines um where the color kind of overlaps where with Tosca pens they they are so opaque that you can actually paint over themselves and so you could actually take a white and actually draw over a darker color, which is usually really hard to do. Um, and so it's really nice for like layering colors and working with solid colors. So those have been my favorite for a while. Um, but I, I love using other mediums as well. I do a lot of digital work. So I work on the computer and on my iPad using an app called Procreate, which is like a drawing app. Um, so I do that a lot. I also like to use um, ink, so just like black a brush pen with black ink in it and um, sometimes I use gouache which is a kind of like opaque watercolor so I kind of mix it up it depends on the project um, but lately I've been doing a lot of quarantine art um, which is what I'm calling it and I've been using Pascos for that. Cool so I'm also wondering um, is there a special place that inspires you like maybe it's by your house right now or maybe it's from your childhood. Like, what is a special place? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, generally speaking, nature just inspires me. I love drawing flowers and trees and stuff like that. Um, and like I said, animals. And so a lot of times I just like going for walks and looking at all of the flowers or the plants that are growing or what's growing up the trees. Um, so I'm going to say generally it's nature. Um, i trying to think, like, specific places. I would say from my childhood, um, the garden. I I just like I like drawing, like I said, nature, but vegetables and stuff like that. And um, I have really fond memories of growing vegetables in our garden. And so I think maybe that would be one of my special inspiring places. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So how do you market your drawings? Ooh, another good question. Um, mostly on social media so I have an Instagram account and I really like Instagram because it's mostly um, visual and so I mean you can put captions and write text and stuff like that but as you scroll through Instagram it's amazing amounts of, of pictures and photos and, and visuals and so for me since I'm an artist I think it's a really good um, place to just showcase my work and so Instagram plus for me it's a it's more of a running um, dialogue with like what I'm doing right now. I have a website, but my website doesn't get updated that often or as often as it should. And so Instagram is just a really good place to check in and kind of see what I'm working on today. Um, it's, it's much more current than say my website is. Wow. Okay. So that's, I mean, yeah. And it's a nice, and the other thing that's really good about it for promoting myself is it's free. Um, I, before we had Instagram and internet and social media, artists would have to use other means to promote themselves, like sending postcards in the mail. Or, or like showings, yeah. someone just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so this is much more accessible because um, most people, I should say, have the internet right now. And um, yeah, so it's just a little bit easier. It's free, um, which means I'm not spending a lot of money on promotion, which is really nice, too. Wow, yeah, that, that that's really, I, I'd say, ingenuitive, and I see a lot of other people doing similar things, and yeah, that's really mm-hmm. cool. So, have you ever been asked to draw something very weird by a client? Huh, 
I would have people ask me, like, oh, can you draw this person that looks like that style? Like, as in not my style, but maybe as someone else's style. And because I'm a, I mean, I can draw pretty well and I can mimic other people's styles, um, I would do that. But it wouldn't necessarily be my style, if that makes sense. So that was, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really a big fan of that, to be honest, because it just didn't feel natural for me. Um, so it wasn't a specific thing necessarily. It was more just like mimicking other people's styles, which just didn't feel right for me. But again, like I said, that was way back when I was just starting out as an illustrator and I needed the work. So yeah, <laughs> so I did it. Um, but for now, I mean, recently, I think people are familiar with my art. And so they know that, for example, I love drawing animals and I love drawing people and, and flowers and so that's the kind of work that people typically ask me to do which is nice because it feels a lot more like me you know much more Emily yeah so I'm wondering what's the what's your best piece of art that you've ever done I know this is a very hard question there are probably <laughs> lots of pieces but in your opinion what is the best piece of art you've done oh my um, <laughs> it could be a series too I guess I guess my favorite art, piece of art, would probably be, hmm, I've done a couple murals recently, and I did one at the Memorial Union here on the UW campus, and that one was really special for me, because not only is that the Union, which is a really um, iconic place in Madison and on campus, but I'm also a UW grad, and so it was really... um, special for me just to paint something in a place that meant so much to me personally because I went to school here. Um, Plus that building is really old and there are a lot of murals around the building in different rooms and um, some of them have been there as long as the building has been there and so um, the fact that my mural was going to be you know, in addition to um, this beautiful space and this beautiful building was pretty special to me. So that is definitely up there as one of my favorite um, pieces of art that I've done. Um, I also did a book uh, with American Girl a couple of years ago called Spark, which is all about creativity. And that was the first book that I ever illustrated fully. And that one was just another really special project for me because not only was it my first fully illustrated book, but um, the topic was really near and dear to my heart. And the team that I worked with were really great. And it was just just a really good, like, feel-good project all around. And it was um, just fun stuff to draw as well. So I would say those are my top two favorite pieces of art. That's okay that I picked two. Mm-hmm. By the way, I would recommend Spark. I have the little idea um, of, what do you call it? It's like a big poster with the um, idea process. Oh, yeah. Yes. But I have that up on my wall. recommending it. <laughs> yeah. And it, I look at it every morning. I'm like, what am I going to do today? And sometimes it helps oh, give me ideas. Nice. And I love all the illustrations on it. So, um, as a few, just a few more questions. So... I was wondering, like, how many act, how, how many murals have you made, or is this like a newer thing to you? Well, I've definitely been doing more recently. I did a couple a few years ago. I did one at um, a restaurant called Bowl of Heaven, which is over at the Hilldale Mall. Um, I think it's called Blended now. Um, and then I did one at the Fit, which is a uh, uh, gym here on Monroe Street. Oh yeah, Madison. 
Yep. And so I did those two, gosh, that was probably like three or four years ago. And then I didn't have any. And then last year, 2019, all of a sudden it picked up again. And I did the one at the Union, did one um, at the food. So there's a group of restaurants in Madison called Food Fight. And at their corporate office, I did a mural for them. I did one at Criando, which is a Spanish immersion preschool on Monroe Street in Madison. And then I did a couple at the Central Library as part of my bubbler artisan residency. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, and then recently I did um, a couple at uh, Doggy Daycare, actually, <laughs> um, called North Paw, which was really fun. I did two, yeah, two walls there. Um, and they specialize in little tiny dogs. So, um, the mural were full of little dogs doing, you know, little dog things. So, oh, so cute. Really I got to see the little puppies and or dogs and got to hold a couple of them. So that was a really fun project, too. So, so I guess, let's see, I wasn't counting. One, two, probably like seven or eight in that range. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of murals, but they all sound really cute, especially the puppy one. <laughs> Yes, that one was really fun for sure. And my goal, and those are all indoor murals. So my goal um, is to do an exterior mural, um, so like on the side of a building or something like that. So that's a whole different challenge because sometimes they're really big or really high and scaffolding or a lift or something like that. But um, that is one of my big art goals for my career is to do an outside mural. So fingers crossed if that happens. <laughs> yeah. And my last question is, do you ever teach art classes? And if so, how can our listeners learn more about them? Oh, I have taught a few. I actually started a summer camp, summer art camp at my house a couple of years ago. Um, that's called Camp Blue Star. So Blue Star is my company name. And so Camp Blue Star is a, a art camp for kids. And we do more, um, the projects are a little bit more like tangible, um, like for your house or for your bedroom. And so like, for example, we do a rug made out of old t-shirts um, or a little pinch pots with felt succulents or a little beaded chandelier to hang um, from your ceiling. So um, the projects kind of, they, they, they offer a range of skills. Um, and so, you know, we do everything from like sculpting to fabric dyeing to printmaking, um, painting, sewing. So we cover a lot of skills, um, which is really fun. And then it's, it's great for the kids to be able to have these projects that they can take home, they can set around their house, they can, they're actually a little bit more usable. Um, and a lot of times they incorporate materials that you can just find around your house, which is nice too. So those I teach in the summer at my house, um, though this year I'm actually teaching Camp Blue Star at the new um, Monroe Street Art Center that is being, it's actually under construction right now. It's down by Trader Joe's oh, yeah. of Monroe Street. And I'll be teaching Camp Blue Star there this year. So um, same projects, just a different venue, which is kind of exciting. And then I also teach some art workshops at some of the local libraries. And those are part of the Saturday art programs. Those are free. You don't have to sign up ahead of time. Um, <clears throat> I've done a couple at the Monroe Street Library, and I've also done one at the Alicia Ashman Library, which is on the west side of Madison. And those are always, they're projects that 
are, I guess, geared towards kids, but um, generally the families are there as well, and so the adults participate. And we do cute little projects, like we make little pasta plants, like little pasta succulents out of dried pasta, and we paint them, and we put them in little symbols, or we've done pencil toppers made out of felt. Um, we had one that was like a beaded keychain where you can paint the beads and um, put them on a little lanyard. So we've done some really fun stuff, and those are at, like I said, the local libraries, and you can check the library schedule to find those. Wow, that's so cool. Well, Emily, thank you so much for um, letting me interview you today. That was really cool. I learned a lot more about art and your style of art and lots of other things. So thank you. Of course. Yes. Um, So I guess I have to say goodbye to you now. Bye. Goodbye. After the break, we'll talk about a Russian opera house and how they're taking the coronavirus one audience member in the theater at a time. Stay tuned. Support for this show comes from DNM Graphic Novel Library. DNM Graphic Novel Library is a library subscription service for kids, teens, and maybe even adults too who love graphic novels. This is going to be a summer subscription service that costs $7 a month and will be graphic novels delivered to your door every single week. Sounds pretty cool. Make sure to wait for details on this show. So stay tuned. Thanks, and now back to the show. Hi again, and welcome back to Daybreak. In Perm, Russia, a city north of Moscow, the Perm Opera and Ballet Theaters found a new way to deal with coronavirus. They came up with a program called One-on-One, where the theater will stream their performances online, but allow only one spectator actually into the theater as they play out their performances. The theater's principal stage director, Marat Gastlovitz, has remarked, We are ready to hold performances for one person because in the end, one spectator is the same value as a full house. They will choose the one lucky audience member by letting a performer draw a name, but the person who is chosen has to be medically screened for COVID-19 by a doctor. You can also find their previous live performances online and on YouTube. Well, one thing for certain, this company takes the phrase, the show must go on to the next level, because it's still a show, even if there's only one person watching. Hi, this is your host, Pivotrader. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Daybreak. A big shout out to Chloe M, L, Chandrama, and Sion for giving us great poll answers this week, and a big shout out to Emily, who we interviewed. Also, this week's poll is, what's your favorite or least favorite thing about virtual learning? Maybe it's that you get to sleep in all morning, or maybe it's that you don't get to see your friends, and that's your least favorite part, or it could just be that you get bored, whether it's your favorite part or your least favorite part. I think it'd be my least favorite part, but you know, to each their own. Anyway, I would just want to say make sure to subscribe and do all the other things that could help show another person our show. I'm so glad that you listened this week and have a great rest of your day. Pippa, signing off.